if you just put the money in a policy, it's a hell of a lot better than any bank. Like banks, as I hope people understand now, banks are not stable. Like banks fold all the time. It literally is happening as we speak. Awesome. Dude, thanks so much for uh, for working with me. I was That was a, a little bit of a shit show. Um, I almost had to walk 100 miles. <laughs> Which legitimately a hundred miles. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, now that in this, in my current life, you know, I've got a pretty nice life. I got a pretty comfy, bougie life. And it's, it's been a while since I've had to, um, I don't know, like work out problems on the fly. Everything is so, mm-hmm. everything is so scheduled and planned out and rarely anything like it, Rarely does anything go sideways to where we don't have like a, a course of action planned for. Mm-hmm. But I, but I was in Beaufort, South Carolina and I was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'll get a black car service or I'll get an Uber or, you know, I'll rent a car. No big deal. None of those options were on the table. None. And I needed to get to from Beaufort to Columbia for an 8, 8 a.m. meeting. And this was 8 a.m. Monday morning meeting. And I was like, well, dude, I'm gonna have to walk. And I started doing the math. I'm like, well, that's going to take 40 hours, even at like a really fast pace. We ended up, I ended up um, convincing an Uber each driver to drive me the hundred miles in the middle of the night at midnight <laughs> for like 400 bucks. Jesus. But I made it. I got a couple hours of sleep, had to navigate a couple more problems. For some reason, there was no rental cars anywhere in Columbia, Savannah, Beaufort, nowhere. And, um, but you know, I I I coerced them into giving me a service truck. I didn't know if you could you knew you could do that, but they have a service truck, and I rented a service truck to get home. So I rented a service truck from Budget, and from Budget to from Columbia, South Carolina to Wilmington, North Carolina, and they approved that. So nonetheless, was it just because of the time I, of day? Like I, it was just they had no vehicles. In three different locations. That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if something was going on or what, but nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, we got it done. But it was funny because, you know, any other person I think that would have, and it was a pretty big meeting. It was about an acquisition for a company. And I think most people would just been like, ah, it's not going to work out. You know, throw in the towel, try again next time. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to like grit your teeth and make things happen. Fit that, fit that uh, square peg in a round hole. That's the best. That's the best. Um, the best stuff in life, right there. Right. <laughs> right. So, usually, like the things that are the hardest to acquire, you're going to get the most satisfaction out of them. Right. So this this company that you're acquiring, because of the BS you had to go through to get it. Right. Like with this whole fiasco it's going to feel that much better. Right. Right. That's right. So, well, dude, like, I, I absolutely love your videos, man. I'm a big fan. Like the way that you, you, like you're, you're just a, you're, you're an absolute, like, it's just the way that you deliver the way you break things down. So, so fast and so clear. It's awesome. But I want to break into that. So is your last name really Burr? It is, yes. It's just not spelt like that. Right. It's, that's what, that, uh, 
That's why I was like, is this a pl- is this a play? Because this because I've seen a lot of your videos, obviously. So I didn't know if I didn't know if um, you know you were you know kind of a play on words because of what you do. So in the real quick, introduce yourself and and, and give me the the top level thing of of who you are and, and what you do now. Yeah, well, yeah, my name is Devin Burr. That is my actual name. It's B U R R. And I did mortgages for quite a while. I okay. started mortgages when I was probably 20 years old um, and then did it all the way till 2019. Hated every second of it, jumped around from job to job, hated being an employee. Mm-hmm. And mainly just because I don't like being told what to do. Like I like being in control um, to a fault. I'm a control freak. So I went out on my own, just kind of quit my job October 8th of 2019 and just went to do real estate investing full time. And I started off by doing some wholesaling. Then I started doing flips. And then I realized that flips suck. There's always just surprises that you get. You never make as much money as you thought you were going to make. And then you got to pay a ton of taxes because of capital gains. So I realized I need to hold on to properties. I want to build real wealth. How do you do that? You hold on to properties. You don't sell them. I'd much rather now have a slow dime than a fast nickel. Mm -hmm. So I knew this Burr method existed, which is buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. Mm -hmm. My last name is Burr. So I'm like, how about I become Mr. Burr, B-R-R-R-R-R. And when the idea came to me, my mentor, Templeton Walker, he's like, dude, let's make a music video, like a spoof music video. I was like, that's, that's genius. So we made a a spoof music video to Chingy's song from back in the day, right there. Uh And we're dressed up all ghetto. I've got like a fake grill, like some chains. I haven't seen this. I've got to go. I've got to go find this video now. (laughs) Dude, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's just. It's on YouTube. It's my first YouTube video I ever uploaded, but it's basically just me rapping about the Burr method. Yeah. And what I what I realized I had a really good, um, I guess, skill for is getting deals with zero marketing. I never spent a dollar on marketing. So at first I would just go to local meetups and just meet people and just be myself, be the social butterfly that I am. So yeah. I would go talk to people and I do joint ventures. And then I put out that music video. Didn't have to pay for marketing. I paid for the video, which was like 500 bucks to have a videographer do it. Yeah. But other than that, it started bringing in deals. And then COVID happened, you know, in March of 2020 and meetups went away. I had to get really creative on how to get real estate deals. And then I learned about this thing called infinite banking. And so you're, so you're only was, a few, you're only a, yeah, you're only a few years into this whole thing. Then you hit the, yeah, fu- you hit yeah, the, my first, you hit the fucking gas, didn't you? Yeah, dude. First deal was January 13th of 2020. So wow. Not a, not a ton of experience. Um, I've done a good amount of deals in that time frame, but yeah. again, it's just from, you know, putting stuff out there being, just finding out I have a gift to, to one, put videos out that catch people's attention. Yeah. And then that is now my marketing. So I put the videos out and then 
they're just out in the ether doing their thing and I don't have to, to pay for a bunch of marketing and, but it's all, all the spend that everyone has to spend. You're, you don't really, it doesn't seem like you're selling it more is it seems like you're educating. This is, this is what, that's my, right. that's my, the way that I look at it. It seems like you're very on the educational, like I'm just telling you providing value of what you should do period. Yeah. That's how it started out. So when I learned about infinite banking, I used it with my real estate mm -hmm. and I realized like, wow, this just adds to it. It doesn't, it's not a silver bullet, but it makes everything better. Anything you do with money, if you put infinite banking into it, it just amplifies it. So I realized that. And then I thought it was cool. So I'm like, let me tell everyone. I started telling my mom and my dad, brothers yeah. and sisters, aunts and uncles, dude, everyone was looking at me like I had three eyeballs and a tail. It's a scam. But it's a scam. Once right? I got it's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone was telling me that like my dad's like, that's not how life insurance works, Devin, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as soon as I got on social media and started talking about it on there, it was my third video on TikTok back in 2020, December of 2020. It's me in my car and I'm just talking about how to get all the money back for any car you'll ever buy, drive and own using infinite banking. Right. It's a minute long video. I made the video, went to bed the next night or the next morning I wake up and 17,000 followers overnight. So yeah, it was just me saying how to do it and like teaching people what I was doing. And then people started saying like, how do I do it? How can I get one of these infinite banking policies? Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, let me just help these people do it. I'm sending everyone over to Chris Noggle, right? Who's who I got mine from. And this happened for about a week. I was sending probably 15, 20 people a day from TikTok over to Chris so he could set them up with policies. Yeah. And it just hit me one day. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why am I giving them all this business? I know this stuff. They're learning it from me. Why don't I set it up? Yeah. So I got licensed in March of 2021. Mm -hmm. And since then I've set up 1300 policies all from just Damn. social media. Damn. All right. So let's, let's do this. Let's educate the people on, and I've had Chris on the show. I've had some, I've had Jeff on the show. So I've had a couple of people talk about it, but from, from your point of view, let's talk about infinite banking and let's talk about what the things you've done with it and how to utilize it. And Chris has set up two of my, two of our policies. He's, he's, we've got a Coley policy that he set up and then I've, we've got two personal policies nice. that he's set up. Um, and I've, and they're already cranking. It's, it's a, it's amazing to me. You know, he, he's, he tells you it's a, it's a slow process. I think that's a good thing to like, you know, lower expectations almost, but the reality is mm -hmm. it starts to turn really fast. Um, really fast. Yeah. So anyways, Break down, break down. I guess you don't have to do it in a minute because um, we have a little bit more time. But break down what infinite banking is, and because like you're you're gonna get all these people that watch this and listen to this and go, that's not how life insurance works. You're getting scammed. Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Um, so, anyways, yep. go, go ahead and educate educate us. So, infinite banking is basically just becoming the bank in your own life. Mm -hmm. If you think about like what people do with money, everyone pretty much does the exact same thing. We get paid. So we go to our jobs, we have a business, whatever it might be. Once we get that money, we put it in the bank. And then once we need money, what do we do? We go spend that money 
or we borrow money from the bank, right? right? So if we borrow money from the bank, what do they do? They charge us interest. But are we borrowing their money or are we borrowing our money? Mm -hmm. Because that's all the bank does. They lend out our money. Mm -hmm. So infinite banking is just taking back that banking function. So instead of you borrowing from the bank, which is basically borrowing from yourself, you're putting your money into a whole life insurance policy, but it has to be structured correctly. You're putting money in there. And then immediately you can borrow against the cash value. Right. So you, if you want to go buy a car, you borrow that money from the insurance company. Now you're, you're now borrowing their money. You're just using yours as collateral mm -hmm. to get a loan. So your money that you put into a policy, it never stops growing, continues to compound and grow 100% tax-free for the rest of your life. And then you're just borrowing against it to go do whatever you're going to do with money, whether it's buy a car, whether it's do an investment, whether it's braces for your kid. I just did that with a policy for my daughter. So what you're doing is you're treating your money system just mm -hmm. like the bank treats it. When you put money in the bank, they lend it out yeah. and then they make interest. Person that takes that loan pays the loan back with interest to the bank. What does the bank do? They lend it out again. So they turn loans into assets. And that's all you're doing with infinite banking. You're putting your money in the policy. It's guaranteed to grow tax-free. You borrow against it. And let's say I take that money and I lend it to you on a real estate deal. And you pay me 10%. Yeah. That 10% just goes back to my policy where I can use it again. Right. It's the same exact thing as what the banks do. You're creating in the way the way that I try to break it down to people is you're creating an interest. You're doing the same thing that banks do. They take your money. Well, first of all, they put it into these policies as well. Little little known fact that I didn't right. know about you know until about a year ago. Um, I actually looked up Wells Fargo. I think they last reported it was 2019 was something like 17 or 18 billion dollars or something in in uh whole life insurance policies that's where all of our money goes so if you give yep. them it, it, that's that's correct right we give our money to the bank yep. they basically do the same thing that we're talking about right now which i did the math yep. and it was like even they take a, the money they put it in there yeah and then they just lend it out from that policy yeah and uh it was something like the compounding interest on on that was something like 720 dollars at minimum a month that's what wells fargo was making it was it was insane anyways um, but why do people think that this is a scam? What are the, what is the, what are the things that you hear that are like, Oh, this is, I don't believe this. Um, what are people afraid of by doing this? Is it just because it's different? It's, it's not widely known mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. The policies that I talk about that Chris talks about some other people out there talk about it is they're not paid as much commissions. So like if you were to put in, let's say $10,000 a year into a regular whole life policy, the agent, the first year would make about $9,000. Damn. So most of your money goes to paying the agent. So that's why most people are like, Oh, whole life's a scam. The agent's the only one that makes all the money, which is true. 
yeah. in a regular policy. Yeah. What we do is we lower the death benefit, which is where all the costs are. Yeah. So if you do a $10,000 a year policy, we would lower the cost of it to about two to 3000 bucks. Mm -hmm. So we're paid commission on two to 3000 bucks instead of the full 10 grand. Yep. So on that kind of policy, we'd probably make $1,200 opposed to 9,000. I think Chris, and then made, you just overfund. Yeah. I think, I think I put 50 grand in a policy and Chris made like 365. <laughs> he made like 365 bucks off setting up that policy. Something really like yeah, really it's, ridiculous. It's not, it's not a lot. So that's one reason why that people don't really know about it. Cause agents that sell policies, they want all the commissions. They so want they're the, not going to they sell the you a money. policy that yeah. makes them less commission. Right. Yeah. So, and then the companies themselves, they don't teach their agents how to do these kind of policies because why would you teach your employees how to make less money? Right. Just doesn't make sense. Like you own a business, you want to teach your people how to make more money. So they stay mm -hmm. not make less money. So they leave. Right. So it's not widely taught. If an agent knows how to structure it like this, they don't want to because they want to keep as much commission as possible. So it's just not understood. It's not something that agents know how to do most of the time. And if they do, they just don't want to. And because of that, I think whole life gets a really bad rap because most agents are just trying to make as much commission as possible. And once I, yeah. And I, once I started learning about this, I started looking into books about, you know, books that have been talking about the infinite banking concept, talking about the whole life insurance policy, mm -hmm. the specialized engineered whole life insurance policies. And it's been around for a long time. Like very wealthy people mm -hmm. are playing this game and they're just not talking about it. And uh, right. I, don't, I don't remember the name of the book, but there was one book that was so on, on the nose that they, they, I think they got sued and had to change the title of it because it was too, it was too, maybe it was somebody's name or family's name. Might have been the Rothschilds or something what like would, that. What would the Rockefellers do? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And they had to actually change the name to yeah. like a different a different book title. Because um, mm -hmm. it was basically like, <laughs> this is what all these guys are doing out here. Um, all right, so you throw you throw your money into a, a, your own bank, which is a, a whole life insurance policy. Now, how do we make money off that? How do we, uh, how do we create that spread? Great question. So... Really, you're, you're borrowing against your money, right? So you're not using your money. Your money's compounding and growing. It's the collateral to borrow the insurance company's money, which is basically just your future death benefit. They're letting you spend your death benefit while you're alive. So they're going to charge you an interest rate to do that. Generally, it's about 5%. So let's say I've got $100,000 sitting here, right? And you want to use it to go do a flip on a property. Yeah. And you need $100,000. If it costs me 5% to get that money from the insurance company, but you're going to pay me 10, what did I make? 5%. 5% is the spread, right? But I'm not using my money. It's the insurance company's money. So the only money I'm spending is 5% to pay the insurance company. Mm-hmm. So I'm turning 5% into 10%. That's a 100% return, right? And the fact is too, that 100 grand, since it's not my money, my money's sitting in the policy compounding, 
I'm actually making about five to 6% plus the 10 you pay me. Right. So I'm actually making about 15, 16%, but it only cost me five to do it. Right. So I'm just using borrowed money to make more. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm making an arbitrage on money. And so many people are, you know, so afraid of debt and they're so afraid of these things that they, they don't see it that way. And, and, you know, the whole Dave, mm-hmm. Ram- the Dave Ramsey's of the world are all like, you know, debt's bad, this and bad. But the reality is wealthy people, that's their game. They use other people's money to make money. Mm-hmm. And if we want to, if we want to win and we want to build generational wealth, we've got to play that game that way. Right. I think, I think Dave Ramsey has a good point for people that are below zero where they're just drowning. Like they shouldn't have debt because those people, what are they doing? They're using credit cards. They're using things to consume. So if you're, if you have debt to consume, then debt is really, really bad, really bad. But if you're using debt to, to go make more debt is an amazing, amazing thing. And the cool thing about policies, it's the best debt possible because when you borrow from a policy, you don't have to show any financials. So you don't have to go give them all your tax returns. You don't have credit pools. You don't have to write a letter of explanation. You basically say, I want this much money. I want to go to this bank account and there's no repayment terms. So you never have to pay it back because again, it's just an advance of the death benefit you're going to die. <laughs> it happens to all <laughs> yeah. of us. You no, know, not, none of us, we are just, getting, none of us are getting out of alive. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just don't know when we're going to die. Right. And the insurance company, here's the cool thing. The insurance company's on your side. They want you to live a really long time because the longer you live, the longer it takes for them to have to pay the death benefit. Mm-hmm. So they're, their risk goes down the longer you live. So let's say you've got a $10 million policy and you borrow from it throughout your life, $5 million. And you go take that $5 million and you go buy real estate, which is what I focus on. When I pass away, I don't have to pay any of that $5 million back. My death benefit of 10 million will just be reduced to 5 million to my family. So they'll get $5 million tax free. They're also going to get all the real estate I bought with the cash value. So it's, it's the best debt you can have because there's no repayment terms. Anytime you want to get cash value, you're approved. If you have yeah. cash value, you're approved. So, but the smart way to do that is to make payments back to it, right? It depends. I mean, it just depends on what you're using it for. Like, let's say, let's say I take... I, I always like using round numbers. Let's say I take a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and I go do a flip on a property. Right. So I take a hundred thousand bucks, I put it into the property and I make a 50% return. So that means I would get $150,000 back. Right. My principal plus the return. Mm-hmm. So at that point, if I've got another deal or another investment, I can put that money into that's going to make me more than 5% which is what the insurance company charges to borrow that money doesn't really make sense to pay it back because I can just go take it and make more money with it. But if I don't have any place for it to go, if I've got 150 grand just sitting here, 
I should put it back in the policy so they stop charging me interest. Right. But if I can go make an arbitrage, make a spread, just like the banks do, when it comes back to the bank, they immediately lend it out because yeah. they can go make a spread again. So it so, just depends on, it just depends, depends if, man. yeah, it just depends if you have something immediately lined up. Like, uh, there's an opportunity in say private money club, there's a, you know, a 12 month deal yep. on that, then you can just flip it. But if you don't, you just put it back in the policy. So you're not charging, uh, getting charged that interest. And then your other money, your actual cash that you put in the policy is never in is never interrupted. So can you Correct. talk, there's yep. two, there's two really rad stories that I like one, the car. Um, which I've watched that video on repeat a bunch, just trying to break it down in my head. Like, let me let me break this down how he did that. And then there's another one you did with a, a night, a very nice house that you put on Airbnb. Um, can you break those down for us, and so that so they understand exactly how that works? And you can you know wh whatever one you want to do, but I think they're both very interesting because you know you would you don't really think about making money off a very expensive car, but the reality is, yeah, you can. Um, yeah, go ahead. It's, um, I've got a longer video on YouTube guys. So anyone watching this, if you go to my YouTube, it's at Mr. Underscore Burr B before ours. And I've got a video that explains everything and this will be kind of the cliff notes of it. But yeah. basically I bought a, a 2020 R8 Audi R8 supercar and it was $206,000. So a couple of ways I could have bought that car. I could use my money, $206,000 cash. If I did that, I can't make money off that 206 grand anymore. It's, it's paid for the car. Yeah. yeah. It's gone, gone forever. It'll never earn me a penny, but I'd have the car, right? Um, or I could go finance the car and get a loan from the bank. So what I did is I took 206,000 from my policy which again, I'm not removing that 206 grand. That 206 is going to compound and grow tax-free for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I use the insurance company's money, which again is just an advance of the death benefit to buy the car cash. So now I personally own the car. There's no lien on the car. Again, the insurance company will never ask me for a penny of that, that money. So I own the car now. And if I would have bought it from a bank, I'd have to pay them payments with interest. Right. So what I did is I did a little research, made a few calls, and I figured out what the bank would have charged me for that car. So the payments they would have charged me, I'm just going to pay those back to my policy. Mm -hmm. And that way I get all the money back for the car, the 206 plus interest. Because again, if I would have bought it from a bank, I'd have to pay them interest right. every single month. If I miss a payment, it's going to mess up my credit. So we, we do that as Americans every single day. We buy stuff, we get bank loans and we pay them without fail. And, and those payments and we think include that's, that's normal. interest. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally normal. Right? So if you're okay paying the bank interest, wouldn't it be okay paying yourself interest? Mm -hmm. That's all I did is I changed who was getting the interest. So over a seven year period, it's a seven year loan. I pay myself back 240,000 bucks, give or take. Yeah. And then during those seven years, I'm also putting money into my policy. Mm -hmm. So total, it's like a total gross injection into that policy. 
paying the payments back plus my premiums came out to about a million bucks over seven years. However, I used 206 to buy the car. So my net injection is let's call it about 800 grand. But from when I do the loan to the, at the seven year mark, my cash value. So my policy's cash value goes up by $70,000 more than my net injection. Mm -hmm. So I literally make 70 grand just by buying the car and paying myself instead of paying somebody else and doing it that way. Right. Right. Wow. And it takes discipline. Cause like if I, if I don't pay myself back, then it doesn't work like that. I don't, right. I don't make the 70,000 bucks cause I'm not paying down the loan balance, but you would, do um, it, you would do it. You had to, you would have to do it if you did it through the bank. So you just do the same right. thing. Yeah. Um, right. Just being disciplined. Talk to me about the, I think it's, is it a, is it the, the really nice Airbnb that you have in, is it Arizona maybe? Um, yeah, I've got a few in, is the one in Scottsdale? Yeah, I think it was the one in Scottsdale. You, and that, that was a little complicated. You you had to use, I think you did a policy portion, you did a hard money, then you, I mean, you did the Burr method, but you did, can you talk through that process? Yeah. Because a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people think that they can't do um, real estate. Like they can't invest in real estate or they can't, they don't, they, they need to make a million dollars or have a, a stack a bunch of cash to be able to do that. And that's not really true. Um, if you have right. the mindset for it, you, you educate yourself. There's a lot of opportunities out there to start, you know, getting one, then you leverage that to get another one. But anyways, can you walk through that pot, that process that you did? Yeah. So you kind of touched on it earlier that infinite banking takes a while yeah. to, to kind of get some steam. Cause that's, that's compound interest. It doesn't do much at first. Mm. But over time, compound interest just exponentially grows. Right. What I've done though with policies, like even Chris, I've taught him some things. He's like, dude, your mind, the way it works, like it's crazy. So what I did on this is I generally borrow hard money to buy properties. What is that? Right? So for, for the I'm sure everyone knows what hard money is. No, I doubt okay, it. Okay. So hard Go money ahead. is just it's an institution, an institution that lends on properties and that's all they lend on. They look at the deal. They don't look at you. They don't look at your credit. They don't look at you as the borrower. They look at the asset. Is the asset a good deal? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, if it is, they'll lend on it. They'll give you the money. So that's how I usually buy properties. Hard money loans, usually at like 15% interest. Yeah. 12 to 15. And then what I do generally is I borrow private money. So private money is just anyone that has money. Like I could borrow from you. I could borrow mm -hmm. from my mom, my dad, brothers and sisters, Joe Schmo off the street. That's private money. So that's how I generally would do deals. That's how most people in real estate think. Buy on hard money, renovate on private money and pay them interest. Yeah. And that basically gets their cash in the deal down because they don't have to buy the whole thing with their cash. They don't have to renovate it with their cash. They use the other people's money. Now they just have to pay those people interest yeah. to, to use their money, right? So that's what most investors do. What I did is I was like, you know what? How can I use less of my money? Just use more borrowed money. 
to do this deal. And I'm like, well, I've got the insurance policy. I could just borrow out the hard money lender and the private money lenders interest that I'm going to owe them, which over a six month time frame, I think it was about 30,000 bucks. So I'm using borrowed money from my policy to pay the hard money and private money lenders. They're 30,000 bucks over six months. Mm -hmm. So what money do I have in the deal? The 30 grand is not mine. It's the insurance company's money. My 30,000 is compounding in my policy tax-free. Only thing I've got in that deal is the 5% interest I have to pay to borrow the insurance company's money. Mm -hmm. So if we look at my calculator, we got, let's say 30,000 bucks times 5% is $1,500. And that would be 750 bucks. These numbers are off because I, I think I only had about 200 and something dollars in the deal. But let's just say if that's, if those are the numbers, the only money I actually had in the deal is six months of interest on 30,000 bucks, which is $750. <laughs> so that that's it. And what was the total, and what was the, the property, total price of the deal? Gosh, that one was, uh, it's like 600, 700, something like that. I think I bought it for 625. I can't remember the exact amount I put into it. But it turned out to be like cash on cash, mm -hmm. like a 17, 18,000% return. Yeah. So I turned, like if, if we do that, 750 bucks, if that's how much money I actually have in the deal, multiply that by 18,000% and that was my return. Yeah. And so, so it's you, just, so you renovated it with the, with the, with the, the private money and then you refinanced it into one, one, mm -hmm. long, one, like, I guess a 30 year or 15 year normal loan, conventional loan. And then you listed on Airbnb for what? I think we're like 300 and something bucks a night. Usually. Um, what I do is a little different with the Burr method. So when I tell people this, they're like, that's so smart. Um, <laughs> the Burr method is it's, it's a great way to build wealth, but there's, there's kind of a hole in it. Like if you think about the refinance part of it, mm -hmm. and I know this cause I did mortgages for a very long time. Refinance is when you're doing cash out, which is what the Burr method would be is a cash out refinance. Yeah. You have seasoning guidelines. So you have to have that loan for six, 12 months just to be able to qualify for the cash out loan. So mm -hmm. Let's say you're done with the deal in four months. Yeah. It's fully renovated. You're ready to exit. But the lender says you got to wait 12 months for the seasoning. That means you're trapped in the hard money and private money payments, which are higher interest right. for eight more months. Right. So what I do is a little different. I don't refinance. When I'm ready for that step, I sell the property to my wife. So she's a W-2 employee. That's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Dude, she's super bankable. She got great credit. We don't have a lot of debt because everything we do, we use policies for. Right. Um, so she's very bankable. So she's not part of the LLC that purchases the property. The LLC is just a, it's separate entity. Mm -hmm. So that entity can sell it to her with no conflict. So then what she does is she brings the down payment 
which goes to the lender on a 30 year mortgage, all the proceeds come to the LLC. All I do is I just pay her back the down payment she just made, Right. pay back the hard money, pay back the private money. And now we're into it for no money. We've got nothing stuck in the deal. And we can kind of dictate the end price because if, if you're willing to pay me $6,000 for this phone, how much is the phone worth? 6,000 6, bucks, bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Value is dictated by what someone's willing to pay. Like art is a perfect example of that. Right. But if you look at a house, if I sell it to her for, let's say 1.5 million mm -hmm. and every other house in the area is going for like 1.3, 1.4, but she's willing to pay 1.5 that's the value of the house. So right. the appraisal generally comes in right around what we're buying it for. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of dictate where we need it to be in order to get all the money back out for her down payment, paying off private money, paying off, um, hard money. So it's just a better way to do it. That's genius, man. Absolutely genius. So, so did you go, did you start with small deals or did you just go like, you know what, I'm going to go big out the gate just because of your background in mortgages and whatnot. My first deal was a, a mobile home at a Casa Grande, Arizona. It was 106,000 mm bucks. -hmm. And we put like 35,000 into it. Sold it, I think for like 168. So made a nice little chunk of change. Um, Real yeah, that was the first deal. And real, I was, real I was scared to death, dude. Scared to death. <laughs> yep. That's we're, I was scared to death, dude. We're getting into it now. I talked to one of my mentors and I'm like, this is some scary shit. He's like, yeah, man, but it's all going to work out really good. It's, you know, the next three, next three years, <laughs> next three years is going to be life changing, man. But that's the same way I am like, man, that's a lot of property because we're talking about, you know, possibly three different properties almost at the same time. Um, so it is, it is, it is pretty scary, but man, fortune favors the bold. Um, it, it is scary, man. But I will tell you this, like I tell people all the time is if you're never scared, you're never growing, right? Like everything good in life comes on the other side of fear. Right. And only if, only if there's no danger involved, like, if you tell me, Hey, Devin, we're going to go to the freeway. I want you to run through the freeway. Yeah. I'm going to be scared to death because I could probably die. Right. There's yeah. danger. But if you tell me like, Hey, come to this mastermind with me, we're gonna have a couple billionaires there. The average net worth is a hundred million dollars. I'm probably going to be a little scared because that's kind of out of my comfort zone. I'm not at that level. Yeah. Right. But am I going to die from going to that mastermind? Hell no. no. I'm probably just going to get around really, really cool people, people that are willing to help mm -hmm. and it's going to push me to another level. So all of the best things in life come on the other side of fear. So I always tell people, man, just live on that edge, live on that edge of fear and you'll just constantly be getting better and better and better and better. So what do you do? What do you do? What would you say? What does it say that you do? Devin, now, like, what is your, what is your day-to-day -day like now? My day-to-day -day is trying to grow my YouTube. YouTube is like a different animal. Yeah, it is. 
I think I've kind of figured out Instagram, TikTok, all the short form content. Yeah. And just putting out more content because I don't take a lot of calls anymore. I used to take all the calls from, you know, people seeing my content. But now what I do is I have those go to agents on our team and I just give them a bit of the commission because you can split commissions if if you're licensed. So, so you're, I let them yeah, kind of eat. You're scaling now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to let them eat off of like me bringing in business, which is just thinking of ideas for videos and, um, trying to grow the YouTube. And then I'm, I'm really trying to grow out like affiliates and things where I can help more people than just infinite banking. Cause I'll talk to someone for infinite banking and they'll be like, well, I want to set up a business. Like, how do I set up an LLC? And I'm like, I don't really know. It's not my specialty, but right. I now have affiliates where I can send people right. there. They can help them set up businesses. And then I get a, a portion of it for yeah. sending them. So working a lot on affiliates. And then the biggest thing, man, is just spending time with the people I love, like with my wife, my daughter, like I've, I've grown a good amount of like passive income. I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. So I don't work very much. <laughs> like I try to be done working at like one, two o'clock, go to the gym a lot, trying to get back to where I'm jacked. Like I used to be and just spending time with my my loved ones you're out of that you did that you uh you played the rat race game and you you broke free huh i love that game yeah i mean it's just yeah. i've got it actually you might not be able to see it but it's on my bookcase over there the rat race i love that game dude how's so your, good how's your, yeah i challenge everybody to play that game because it really does unlock your brain on to, to some of this stuff um so real quick do you have a policy did you do a policy on your daughter yeah, she's got three. Three policies. So three policies, man. There's two for six thousand bucks a piece and then one for fifty thousand a year. And I'm just showing her how to use them. Mm -hmm. So like her braces, we we bought from a policy. It was it was like four thousand bucks for her braces. So they gave us two options. The orthodontist said you could pay in cash, four thousand bucks, or you could pay a payment plan over two years which ended up coming out to like $5,000 over two years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, cool, here's what we're going to do. Haley, we're going to pay for them in cash, but we're going to borrow it from your policy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take 4,000 bucks. That 4,000 is going to keep growing. We're going to pay for the braces and then we're going to pay ourselves back. So we're going to pay the policy back exactly the same amount they were going to charge us at the orthodontist. Right. So we're going to get that extra thousand bucks into our policy over two years instead of it going to the orthodontist. So I'm just constantly teaching her how to use it. She's going to be getting her first car this year. She turned 16, which is crazy. I know. I'm, so I'm in that same boat gonna myself. Her, isn't it a freaking, I, like, I, I don't want to curse, but a, a, I, a mind F. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know where the time has gone, man. I don't, I don't, it just went. No, <laughs> just went. Dude, um, how old are you? I'm 41. So I've got a 21 year old, a 16 year old and a two and a half year old little boy. Freaking crazy, right? Yeah. Man. You probably in your mind, you probably feel like the 21 year old kid still a hundred percent, man. A hundred percent in my yeah. head, in my head. I, and then I look in the mirror. I'm like, who's this old man staring back at me? <laughs> <laughs> but Dude, so I used to never really have the beard that I've got going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've always just kind of had like a little stubble. 
and I don't know what, I just wanted to grow a beard. So I've been growing this out for a few months and my wife's like, you used to look really young, you know that? And now you're looking old. I'm like, my God, I think it's just cause she doesn't like the beard. So she wants me to cut it. Uh, but I'm I'll like, send you, I know I'll, I don't look that old. I'll send you some Johnny slicks and, and, uh, that will turn, that'll turn things around. The Johnny slicks. I was looking at that on your, uh, on your page, man. Yeah, it's man. Good stuff. It's, it's big, man. Big time. So, so let's, let's talk about this with kids real quick. Cause this is something, you know, obviously I got a two and a half year old as well, and we're going to do a policy on him. And, uh, I like some of the mathematical stuff because of the way the policy grows over a period of time. And, and correct me, is it like six or seven years that it's like at full at kind of at full value? And then it kind of cuts drastically after that. Is that how that works? Meaning like so, you have so, access to what you've no, put no, in? No, no, no. Yeah. So how much you can put in. So say I drop 20K into, a, a, you know, my two-year-olds, you know, I, I do a policy. I drop, I do a drop in of 20K and then like what you're doing, I do 6K a year or something like that. At some point, doesn't that 6K a year drop to like, like very like limited? And I don't know exactly the, the information or why that is what it is. Um, but can you explain that? Yeah. So we touched on it earlier where a regular policy is what most people purchase, right? right. It's, um, it's called base premium, B-A-S-E, base. Mm. So the base premium what we do is we lower that and then we have you overfund it with what's called paid up additions. That's yeah. what gets you all the cash value early on. Okay. So those paid up additions, you can only do so much. Like you can't do a base policy for like five grand a year and then put in 200 grand to paid up additions. It just won't work. Right. The IRS will look at it like an investment and then they'll tax you on it. Right. So one of the best things about policies is they're not taxed but you have to stay within the IRS's guidelines. So you can only overfund it so much with paid up additions and you can only do it for so long. So what happens is let's say it's usually like seven to 10 years. Let's say at the end of seven years, you've put in the, the most amount of paid up additions you can. Now you can't do it anymore. All you can put in is the base premium. Yeah. That's it. So that's, that's all you're doing. You're overfunding the policy to its maximum capacity in the first seven to 10 years. So if you've got a two year old, you do a policy, you do a drop like 20 K you're putting six K a year. Like, what does that look like? I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how fast you could do that kind of math, but what are you, what are we looking at when that, when that kid's 18, 20 years old? A lot of money, like, like it's <laughs> a lot of money for that kid, right? Like he, he, like if he wanted to buy a house, he, he could buy a house cash. Yeah. And that's, that's assuming that you just put the money in there and then don't use it. That's the worst right. thing you can do with policies, right? Like if you just put the money in a policy, it's a hell of a lot better than any bank. Like banks, as I hope people understand now, banks are not stable. Like, Banks fold all the time. It literally is happening as we speak. So insurance companies, they don't go under. Like the ones that we use have been in business for over 130 years. Yep. And they've been profitable every single year. So that's through the Great Depression, World War One, World War II, meltdown of 08, COVID. They are profitable. So they're not going anywhere. 
And if you put the money there, it's safer than the bank. Mm -hmm. It's protected against lawsuits and judgments in most states. Mm -hmm. Can't say that about banks. It gives you a death benefit. Bank accounts don't. And it gives you uninterrupted compounding. So you can use the money and not interrupt your compound growth. None of that stuff happens in a bank. So if you just put your money in a policy, it's a million times better than a bank account. However, you're not getting the secret sauce unless you use that money to go make an, a spread, to go make an arbitrage. Right. The more you make a spread, the more you arbitrage the money, the bigger the policies get. So yeah, if you just did that for your kiddo and by the time they're 18, they'll have a lot of money in there. But if you start using that money to make a spread all the time, just like banks do, they're going to have a lot of money by the time they're 18. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's like the foresight that I feel like as a parent, you should be, um, because you're building, mm -hmm. you're building wealth. Something else. I don't know if it was you, were you the one that was talking about how you're taking policies out on your parents and then putting them in trust Yeah, and basically how, how you, how you basically build generational wealth and what, what they do and how they, every family member has a policy. And when they, when they get their death gratuity, it goes into that trust. Can you break that down? Yep. Yeah, man, I started realizing like, I think it was when I started doing policies. Um, I think the younger you are, you you really think you're invincible. Like you're never going to die. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was in the military right, like, from 2000 to 2012. I, I thought even though people were dying around me, I, I for some reason, they have you tricked into thinking that you're invincible and you believe it. You're like, you're like, not me. Not no me, way. bro. Right. Not me. Yeah. Like younger me in my 20s, I would... I'd be in clubs and shoulder shivering people just trying to get in fights like me and tequila is a bad mix. But, <laughs> um, like the older I've gotten, I started to realize like my runway has an ending to it. Yeah. So does my parents. Yeah. Like my parents are both almost 70 years old. How much longer do I have with them? The average life expectancy for women is about 80 mm -hmm. and for men, it's a little younger, like 78, 79. So, I might have, I might have less, but if it's average, I have about 10, 11, 12 years with my parents left. Right. They're gonna die. Mm -hmm. As bad as that sounds, it's gonna happen. Yeah. So what can I do for them that can help them financially? I could just give them money so that they can retire and all that stuff. Right. But if I do that, that money is gone. I'm not making money off of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I thought about it. I'm like, all right, I've got this trust structure. I've got a foundation. I've got a trust. I can basically pay zero taxes and we can get into that if you want, but all of my money, 100% tax free. I do not pay taxes because of the structure I have in place. So what does that mean? All of my policies are owned by my trusts, business trust, family trust, and policies grow tax free. If I put money into my trust and foundation structure and I'm not taxed on it and I can fund my policies that don't get taxed, I'm never paying taxes. And this is and all, then when and someone this is all dies, legal. this is all legal, all legal. Yeah. So, so I'm getting policies on my, on my parents and I'm going to put money in it. That's tax free money. Mm -hmm. So that money's going to grow tax free. The cash value, I'm just going to give to them. 
They don't have to pay me back. It's their money. It's their tax-free retirement money. Right. Just giving them money every single year because the compound interest never stops. The cash value I give them is more than the year prior. Right. So every single year, I'm just giving my parents more and more money as tax-free income that they never pay me back on. When they die, it's going to happen. The death benefit is going to pay off all those loans that I gave them in cash value. Mm -hmm. And the surplus is going to go into my trust because the trust is the beneficiary. Right. And it's tax-free. So think about this. I fund the policies with tax-free money. The money grows tax-free. The death benefit is paid tax-free. And then the trust takes that money in the pol or in the, the trust bank account from the death benefit and funds more policies tax-free. I literally don't pay taxes ever. My family will never pay taxes. It's crazy. <laughs> I wish I knew these things when I was like 18. Yeah, dude. dude I would be I'm, sitting on a... That's why I'm laughing because here I am at 41. You know, I've learned this over the past couple of years and... I'm just thinking like I do the math when I was like, okay, if I was 18 and I put $10,000 and I started with 10 grand at 18, I would, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be somewhere else doing whatever the fuck I wanted to do. You know what I mean? We, we might be having this conversation on your podcast, on your yacht. On my yacht. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like while we're, while we're drinking some Mai Tais right. or yeah, something. Like, right. Like helipad is in the back. Like, yeah, dude, it's just, so we this have is why you always hear the, the rich get richer. Yeah. It's cause they know the game. They know, they know the game. these different loopholes and it's just not taught. These things are not taught in school. I don't think they'll ever be taught in school. No, they won't. My mission in life is to kind of, is to change that. Like, yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen in my lifetime, but my foundation and everything I've set up that's what it's geared around. So eventually when I die, hopefully it's way in the future, my daughter will take over and maybe she can make it a reality. And if she doesn't, maybe my grandkids do mm -hmm. where the schooling system has changed and finances, investments, all this stuff is taught in school instead of learning just BS that doesn't do you any good. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the system is inherently, designed by the people who were using this, these systems to create a cyclic environment for human beings to work and pay taxes and be worker bees, essentially. But what's crazy is the people yep. who created the school system, who created these, the, the curriculum, the, the education system, the, what they learn, how they learn it, they were using this, they were using these systems that you and I are talking about. They weren't doing what, right. what they were creating. They were using this while they were creating this for other people to use. Yeah, they weren't doing, they weren't going to college to get a degree and then use that degree to get a good job to pay taxes and then work yeah. your way up in that job, pay higher taxes because you're making more money. Yeah. Max out your 401k, start a Roth IRA. They weren't doing all that crap. No. They were doing the things we're talking about and then teaching everyone else to do all the crap that just keeps them stuck. Yeah. Golden handcuffs. Yeah. Right? I wish, I, man, I wish I learned this stuff a long time ago. Yeah. So, okay. So on that, so do you do coaching? Like how do, how do people, how do people learn more? How do people set this stuff up? What's the, what's the call to action here? So I don't do any coaching. I don't know if I want to do coaching. 
like one-on-one coaching. I've thought about it, but it's just, is it worth my time? Like I really, really value my time now that I've been able to buy it back, so to speak. Mm. Um, I look at those things a lot now. What am I going to do? Is it worth my time? And that might sound bad, like spending time one-on-one with someone isn't worth my time, but in, in a sense, it's just not. Right. I'd have to charge a lot of money, and most people just wouldn't be able to afford it. So yeah. I don't do any coaching one-on-one. Um, I take calls every once in a while. But you know, the way people can actually work with me, so to speak, would be uh, there's a link in all my bios on social media, on YouTube, where there's a video that talks about infinite banking. It's in-depth video so you can understand that better. And then you can schedule a call. Probably be with someone on my team. Um, It might be with me. I take overflow calls. But once you get a policy set up and going, I reach out to people. So everyone that comes through, I'll reach out and be like, hey, I see you spoke with Carson. I see you spoke with Joe. I see you spoke with Gabby. I just want to personally congratulate you. And if there's anything I can help with, let me know. So everyone kind of hears from me, but I just don't do just one-on-one coaching. I, again, I've thought about it, but I just don't think it's worth it. So you're just setting up the top level education and then, fu- and then funneling them to the people that can help them get everything set up and get it rolling. Yeah. Correct. I know. And I know Chris's team, like what they did was they took, they looked, they looked at all of our accounts, all of our assets, everything. And they, were, they structured it. Hey, this is what I recommend you do. This is the money that you, you're going to put in. This is what we need to move the money around. This is how we're going to create that spread. I mean, and it's already within, within a less than a year, it was already happening. Like I was already making Mm -hmm. more. I was, my my money was already making more money on multiple different fronts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I, you know, I was thinking like, well, this might take like three years. Cause when I initially did it, I was like, I was looking at the graphs. I'm like, it's going to take, no, it didn't take three years. It was like within six, within six months, I already saw that. I already saw everything kind of rolling pretty wild. Yeah. 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 So Chris and I are on the same team. So anyone that works with me would work with that same back end team yeah. that you worked with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't take a year. Like my first policy, it was 125,000 bucks. I put that in, mm. I had access to like one Oh nine. Right. So what I did is I took the one Oh nine, I put it into a flip and I think I made 60 grand. Yeah. It took me about four or five months. So think about that. I put in 125. That 125 is growing and compounding. I've got access to 109. Yeah. So some people would look at that and say, that's stupid. Why would you do that? You just lost 16 grand, right? But I used the 109 to go make 60. Did I really lose 16 grand? No. Because the 16 grand that I don't have access to, that's the base policy. That's paying for the death benefit. Right. I didn't lose any money. I'm going to die someday. So a death benefit is going to be paid to my family. So I did not lose 16 grand. And you can always pull that. You can always, yeah, you can always pull it out. You can always cancel and pull it out. And they would probably be dope about that because they don't want to pay you the million dollar death gratuity when you expire. Right. So you're safe regardless. I could, I could, I could tell you talk to Chris when you expire. What does he always say? Your graduation. Your graduation date. That's what he always says. (laughs) Your graduation date. Yeah. Which is a very nice way of saying you're going to die. Oh, you graduated to the next, yeah. next ancestral plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also, not a sugarcoat. I just say you're going to die. You're going to die. 
You're, nobody's making that alive. Well, Devin, dude, thanks so much, man. Um, I'll put your links below. Guys, if you're if this like piqued your interest, 100% go follow him on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Anywhere else you're at? Um, Facebook, but I don't really do anything on Facebook. Yeah, you're, you're, most of your, the, your educational videos that I've seen are Instagram, uh, TikTok, and then YouTube is a little more of the long-form explanation stuff. Um, but we'll put his links below. Yep. If you're if you're like, hey, I need to get a policy. I want to. I'm sitting. I'm you know. I'm I'm losing money. The bank's taking all my my interest, which they are. Um, and then they're making an enormous amount of money off of your money. And I'm glad you brought up, man. Banks are looking real shady for the next couple of years. I mean, we're looking like what's mm-hmm. what they're do what the Fed's doing um, with the you know the debt and interest rates and across the board, man. So now's the time to get in your house in order. That's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm purposely having these conversations with my with my individuals, uh, my coaching group, and you know the public and collectively, because uh, next two years is going to be interesting for sure. Hundred so. percent. And did you nailed it on the head? Is like this is what banks do. You guys can all look this up. It's called Boley mm-hmm. Bank Owned Life Insurance. They own more life insurance than all of the buildings and the land combined that they own. And they don't own crappy buildings. Like you go look at banks, they own prime real estate, Yep. right? On the corners of most places with nice buildings that are refurbished. Mm-hmm. You add up all of that, the land and the buildings combined, they own more whole life. Yep. And all they do is they... They take the money you put on deposit and they fund whole life policies. So why wouldn't you just cut the middleman out? Do the same thing. You fund the policy. Yeah. Now you just use it just like the bank uses your money for it. So I hope everyone got some value from this. I would just urge everyone to share it on whatever platform this is on. Share it with someone that they can get some value from it. Because I'm telling you, if I knew these things, even just 10 years ago, I'm 38. If I was 28 years old learning about this stuff, I'd be in a much different place. So share this. And I appreciate all of you guys. I appreciate you for having me on, Nick. Yeah, that's my honor, man. Well, and we'll, as, as things grow, if, if something pops off, if you got something, we'll have you back on. We'll have another conversation. But, um, but yeah, guys, uh, like you said, man, share this out. Screen grab it. Uh, tag him. Tag me. We'll push it out as well. And other than that, you guys know the deal. Never quit, never surrender. We always keep moving forward. See you guys in the next episode.